welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this message and we pray that it blesses you. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. best looking church in New Zealand doing. You guys good? You ready for what God wants to say to you as a church? He's been speaking all through the service. Do you, have you seen it? Have you seen it? He is speaking to you guys this morning. Uh, before I say anything else, I want to be completely upfront and say that I have shared nothing of what I'm going to share with anybody. Uh, today, I have not. Um, I have not listened to any of the prophetic words that have been spoken into the church of recent. Uh, Josh, uh, sorry, I was speaking with Mitch the other day. He started to say one sentence. I said, "Stop! I don't want to hear it." Because I want to make sure that what I'm bringing to you today, that you can have the confidence that it's come straight from what God has been speaking to me and it hasn't been influenced by other people. I haven't, I haven't even spoken with Glenn and Deb about actually what is really in their heart and their vision and their passion quite deliberately, which has been a really hard thing to do. Uh, because I love these guys so much and I love this church so much. So I just want to say that first. Father, I thank you that you desire to speak to us, Lord. You even, you even desire to roar to us what is in your heart because you want to break something open, Lord. Father, I thank you this morning, Lord, for your word coming. And God, if you can use me then, Lord, may you use me, Father. I thank you, Father, for a purity and an unadulterated word coming this morning that comes from your heart, merely through me in your awesome name. Amen. Hey, we haven't got time to muck around because we've got a lot to say this morning. So you guys ready? You're going to stick with me. We're going to get into this and we're going to make this happen. Uh, Revelation 10. Whoo! Straight into Revelation. We're going to go in there. You know, let's get the heavy stuff out. Let's get the book that just totally confounds me every time I read it. But God brought this to me a couple of days ago. Uh, the other thing I just want to say is that this is the, what I'm bringing today is something when I was sitting in Kenya Airport in May last year, God just started to open up to me. Um, and then while I've been here in New Zealand, He's been waking me up. I've woken me up a couple of times and just started speaking about this church, uh, which is not a highly usual thing for me. So God wants to communicate with you guys as a church. Revelation 10, verse 1. Then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven. He was robed in a cloud with a rainbow above his head. His face was like the sun and his legs were like fiery pillars. He was holding a little scroll, which lay open in his hand. And he planted his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. And he gave a a loud roar like a lion. Now, there's a few chapters, a few verses, sorry, in there in between, but I want to jump to uh, verse 8. Then the voice that I heard from heaven spoke to me once more. And it said, go take the scroll that lies open in the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land. So I went to the angel and asked him to give me the little scroll. And he said to me, take it and eat it. It will turn your stomach sour, but in your mouth it will be as sweet as honey. So I took the little scroll from the angel's hand and I ate it. It tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth, but when I had eaten it, my stomach turned sour. Then I was told, you must prophesy again about many peoples, 
nations, languages, and kings. And this is what God said to me when I'm reading through this, is that God is actually starting to roar to you as a church about His plans and His purposes going forward. The volume is starting to increase. The intensity is starting to rise because God has a time and a season right now that you guys are in, that He's saying, I need you to rise. I need you to rise. This is a new time. This is a new season. This is a new thing. And all of heaven is roaring. And you know what? The best thing that we can do as believers is we can get a hold of a Word of God and we can run with it. Are you guys ready to run with it? Are you ready to run with what God is saying? But see, there's another step further there. And I'm going, God, what is the whole eating of the scroll? And he said that they've got to take what I'm saying and they have got to make it part of themselves. It's got to be something that goes into them. And I'm like, God, what is the honey about? Because, and this is what God said, the honey is like, you know, when we hear the prophetic utterances of what God is, it's always talking to our, uh, what we are capable of achieving. How many people here love getting a prophetic word? Because it speaks to your potential. It speaks to who you are. It speaks to the plan that God has for you. And that's what we were designed to fulfill. And God said, we hear those words, but it needs to come in and it needs to be a part of it. I'm like, God, what's the sour part? And he's like, because when it goes from being honey to actually being something, it needs to bring a change. It needs to bring a discomfort in order for us to step forward. You know, I challenge you to show me anybody in the Bible who has done anything great, who did not have some discomfort in their life. I believe that one of the greatest, greatest uh, barriers to the kingdom of God being fulfilled is our own personal comfort. Because we're, we, we like to go the easy road, don't we? That's why the, the uh, road without Christ in eternity is wide. This is a comfortable road. And that's why the road to fulfilling God's purposes is narrow. Because the tendency is, if we don't watch it, is to go down the comfortable road. So that's what I believe God is saying uh, to you. I want to jump into uh, Samuel. Glenn has already spoken about David this morning. I know you guys will be so familiar with David because I know that David would have to be one of Glenn's most favorite things to preach on. And there's a reason for that. Uh, But see, David, uh, we know the story of David, that he was out tending the sheep. And then when Samuel was sent to find the king, all of David's brothers were brought before. And God kept saying no. And Samuel's going, there's got to be one amongst these. And God said to him, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider the appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so then when David was found, it's really interesting because it it says they went out, they found him, they pulled him out from uh, working with the sheep, looking after the sheep. And it said they brought him in. He was ruddy with a fine appearance and handsome features. Kind of, you know, there's two things going on there. saying don't look at the outward appearance, but then he was actually really good looking. So I want to say that to your church. That's why you guys are a really good looking church. Okay, that's why I say it every time I see you. Okay, but you're ruddy and handsome. Okay, turn to the person beside you and say, you're ruddy and handsome. And the Lord said, rise and anoint him, for he is the one. 
The other morning when God was speaking uh, to me about this church, he said there's some real similarities between uh, David and this church. He said, first of all, is that what I have looked for is I've looked for a church that has a heart. I've looked for a church that has a heart after me, that has a dedication to Christ. As Glenn has already said, David dedicated everything he had to the cause of the kingdom. Everything that was his, he consecrated and set apart for the cause of the kingdom. This church was founded with an incredible heart. And that heart has continued to go through, and I honor you guys for continuing uh, to carry that heart uh, in this church, that love of people, that love of broken people, that love of people who are going through torment and through trial and the way that this church comes around and says, hey, we're for you. Uh, where people, because of religious spirits, have set aside and shunned other people, this church has embraced them and brought them in and, and uh, spoken to them of their true identity and their true purposes. We weren't, we weren't the right-looking church. We, you know, Lynn used to say, you know, we've, we've got a female pastor, and then we had this zitty wee 20-year-old who was an assistant pastor. I'll tell you what, the foundation that Lynn set in this church is absolutely phenomenal. I said, God, what is the Goliath? He said, the Goliath that this church took a hold of and took, uh, took down when other churches weren't was the whole area of mental and emotional health. Is this church just got a, a tenacity and said, you know, we're going to go after this. We're going to see that people's thinking can allow them to steward the kingdom, to contain the kingdom without letting it out. That is the Goliath. And what did, we, what did uh, David take up to take down Goliath? He took five stones, those five, five stones representing the grace of God. The grace of God that, that flows in this place is absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. This is a church that has always punched above its weight. You know, at one stage we had, uh, here we had Lynn as a member of the apostolic leadership team for New Life. We had Glenn, who was the region, well, the uh, nationwide youth director. We had myself and the Canterbury Regional. You know, uh, why is that? It's because God says there's a heart and there's something that I need to influence this nation with. You know, when we would go out, we weren't carrying what was, what was us. We were carrying what was the heart of this church, what was the heart of our family, what was the heart of the body of Christ. And then God showed me that with Saul, Saul tried to put an armor on David, but David resisted. And God said to me, you know, as a church, you have resisted the armor that other people have tried to put on you. When we were going after mental and emotional health, there was like this, you know, almost this call to be a hospital type church. We were like, no, we can't be that. And then the power of the Holy Ghost just moving. And there was like a, a, a pull to just be like a Holy Ghost focused church. We were like, no, we can't just be that. And then there was a pull. I know when, the, when I first took over as senior pastor, there were a lot of young guys my age who were just going after the young generation. That's what they were focused on. And they were seeing great things happen. And God said to me, no, Chris, this church is going to be a church where great grandparents to great grandchildren worship. And so as a church where you, you've resisted that, Paul to be somebody else's church, to be uh, an armor wearer, uh, 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 to wear the armor of Saul. And God is honoring that. And then the final thing that God showed me with this was that David and Jonathan had an incredible relationship. And so often the relationship that uh, Ruth and I and Glenn and Deb had, uh, people would speak of it as a David and Jonathan relationship. He turns out to be the David. 
You see, for David, his heart was spotted by God when he was in a field. For us, the heart was spotted by God when we were a little wee church that was above coffee culture meeting. And God said, one day, I'm going to take that heart and I'm going to influence a nation with that heart. But see, David also, he had to go through a wrestle and he had to go through a battle and he had to take down uh, the, the things that were trying to block the kingdom being extended. It was in that wrestle you, know, you read the book of Psalms, it's about wrestling. It's about uh, uh, trying to find God in the midst of things coming against him. You know, it's in that wrestle that our faith is built. Don't be afraid when you're wrestling through things because it's in that that God is strengthening you and preparing you to carry actually what he has destined you to carry. You know, I come back into this uh, town and I cannot believe what has taken place in two years. It is phenomenal. I don't think we've ever seen two years like it. This uh, place, I'm hearing that people are coming out here on a Saturday because it's a nice place to hang out. They're building motorways, thanks to Ed. Ed's building motorways. So that people can get in and out of this place. What does that tell you about the plans and purposes that God has for this region? It's an influential place. God is building something here. And this is the challenge that I have for you, is that you have a window where you need to step into. Because if you don't, you actually miss it. I don't like to say things like that, but, but there is an urgency about it. If you miss this window, God is going to have to find another plan. And He doesn't want to do that. You know, Glenn shared his heart today. Again, I've said nothing to him about this message. But you've got to position yourself and you've got to get some dirt. As a church, you've got to get some dirt. You've got to get a place where you're going to build a building that is going to influence this community. This is going to be a building that is going to have atmosphere. Man, you look at the cafes and you look at the lane, and what does it speak? It speaks atmosphere. It speaks, this is a place I want to be. This is where I want to sit down and have a coffee. This is where I want to meet with people. This is where I want to encounter my friends. This is where I want to have a good time and relax. You know, there is something about atmosphere that, uh, that going forward is so important. This is going to be a place that communicates the love of Christ to this whole community. It's going to be a place that people are queuing up and saying, we'd like to have our wedding there. Because there is something about it. This is going to be a place that has grass. This is a place that's going to have sculptures in it that communicate. Big artworks out in the garden that communicate the love of Christ. This is going to be a place that is going to stand out to this community and say that Jesus Christ loves you. And He is real about meeting you. The cathedrals that I saw last May again when I was up in England, they were built by people who had a tenacity that wanted to make God's name great. And God is looking for that sort of influence in this community. Why, are farm, why have farmers built a beautiful big building right down on the main street? Because every time you go past that building, it influences you. Every time I turn that corner, I'm like, I need to look like James with those really cool glasses. Because the, the, the glasses shop there on the corner is showing me that if I am wearing those glasses, I'm going to have green fields behind me and I'm going to have a real happy wife beside me. <laughs> oh, 
Every time you walk into Whitcalls, you're like, I am so underdressed. I'm oh, sorry, not Whitcalls, into farmers. I'm so underdressed. You know, I'm being influenced when I'm in there. I'm like, man, I need a more comfortable bed. I need a television that big. You know, we are so influenced by what we see every day. And God is saying there is nothing wrong with a big building and a beautiful lawn and a beautiful place that people can come and hang out that influences them for the kingdom of God. There's going to be a purity of ministry flow out of that building. A purity of ministry. One of the other things God has shown me quite specifically is that for this church, there's a really significant ministry that is going to impact young women that is going to throw flow out of this church. I don't know what it is, but I know that someone in here is carrying it. Someone is carrying that. And I want to encourage you, just let that grow. Let God breathe life on that and let it be. I think I know where it is. Glenn thinks he knows where it is now too. I'm never going to tell anyone. I'll just come along once it's there and I'll go, yeah, got it, good, got it, nailed it, nice. I've seen it numerous times in visions. But this is the clue that I will give you, is that you are a main, you are a main street church. You are a main street church. You're not called to be hidden away. Farmers is on the main street for a reason. You are a main street church. McDonald's doesn't hide itself away. You're a main street church because God is looking for an influence in the center, in the main areas, in the main areas of this community that is going to influence people for Christ. You know, many of you have um, built beautiful new houses. And we've had the pleasure of the last few weeks of being in and out of those houses. And, um, and I, love, I love new houses. We've got a, a nice new house ourselves we've never lived in. Sometimes where I'm in Arnhem Land and I'm in my plastic tub and, you know, it's got this glass and this, you know, stuff growing on the walls that who knows what it is. <laughs> I have my shower and I've just got the cold tap on and it's still not cold enough to refresh me. I'm like, someone's back home in Rangara and those are just having a shower in my nice tile shower. <laughs> I love, you know, one of the biggest things I wrestled with in Arnhem Land was I just wanted to go and sit in a nice, clean atmosphere that someone had shown some care about and have a cup of coffee by someone who gave us stuff about coffee. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, I love that you got so many people scattered around the coffee shops of this community. This, God is shouting to you something in that. Being out in this community, out in the places where people go and hang out. There's a prophetic statement right there in that. Some of you, you've built beautiful houses. And you've had that fun of creating a space. And you've thought about, you know, where are the kids going to hang out? And you thought about, you know, where are we going to entertain? And man, this is going to be great when we have people over because it's going to flow out there and we'll have the nice wooden seat there and we'll be able to have a nice barbecue area there and we'll have the, the chimney or whatever they call them now, the kind of the fire outside and all of that. And you've had that fun of thinking about that. Do you know what, church? It's time for you to start to think about that for your family home here. It's no mistake that so many people have built beautiful houses in this uh, church. Again, it's a prophetic statement of what God is preparing you for. You're going to build a beautiful house. 
that people are going to come and the children are going to have this space and people are going to meet and connect in this space and then people are going to come together in this area and you know there's not necessarily going to be a big screen in that window but there's going to be the band and there's going to be the power of God moving and people being encountered by God and you guys now have the opportunity to make that happen. And as you wrestle through this, and as you, you know, this is going to break some comfort zones. Some people after this message are going to go, don't get Chris back again. <laughs> some people are loving it. Some people are just going, oh, this is getting sour already. But you know, you know why that discomfort and that wrestle comes? Because that's where we grow. That's where as a church you're going to grow. You're going to see increased miracles breaking out of this place because of a discomfort. You're going to see increased power of God manifestations because of a discomfort. Let me share. Let me share a little bit of our story very, very quickly. 2013, many of you know, God said, I want you to give your vehicle away. And I want you to do it very publicly. Now, believe that you guys have seen me publicly a lot. But actually, I, I really do like to keep a lot of things to myself. You ask my wife. And so we gave that away. And God said, as you do that, Chris, what I'm doing is I'm breaking something open for this church. And it's time, church, for that to continue to expand, that crack to get a bit bigger. And for the flow of God to start to flow more. In 2014, we sold our house that we'd spent 10 years working on. It was a beautiful house. We loved it. It just, it was us. And we spent $90,000 of the money from our house so that I could go and do my commercial pilot's license. I didn't know if I was going to make it. I had to work really, really, really hard that year. Everyone keeps saying, oh, Chris will be a breeze. I'm going, you're not the one that's doing it. This is no breeze. This is is stressful. This is some of the most, uh, the biggest stress that I have ever encountered in my life. And we thought, you know, we would, uh, with what we had left of our capital was that we would build a, uh, sorry, we would buy a a smaller house, uh, an older house, and we would rent that while we're away. And God said, no, I want you to buy a section and I want you to build a new house. I still don't know how the heck we did it. The house is worth more than what our house was that we sold. Admittedly, ANZ owns a little bit more of it. <laughs> but, but if you look at the proportions, whoa, they don't add up. They don't add up. That is the kingdom of God. You know, I'm, I'm that whole year doing that, and I'm waiting to fall over flat. There was something in my spirit was going, you've got to do this. And the, the flesh is going, you're going to fail. You're going to fail. <laughs> Seriously. That was the battle for me that year. The first year that I'm in Arnhem Land, I loved flying. It was great. It, you know, I was doing the dream. This is amazing. But then there's this other part of me going, you're not fulfilled. You're not fulfilled. I go, oh, my goodness. You know, and, um, and so I kept, I, I would pray to God and i say, okay, what is it that you really got us here? And uh, several times, Uh, between September and December, God said to me, I'm preparing you for greater influence than you've ever known. I'm going, okay, well, what is that? And then this advertisement comes up to be the program manager to look after the whole operation up there. And I'm going, I I can't do that. That's too big. And guys keep going, yes, you can, yes, you can. And I'm, you you know what I was worried about? I was worried about them saying, David, go back and look after the sheep. 
Seriously, that is why it took me two months to have a conversation uh, with the current program manager and then the regional de- director. Because I'm like, going, I'm just, you know, I'm just this country kid from Rangiora. But God's going, no, you've got to put your, fo- your step, your foot forward. You've got to plant your right foot. I, I, st- I still pinch myself when I go, you know, they've put this, they've put me, they've put this kid. In, in charge of 35 staff, 118 people in total with all our families. We've got nine aircraft. There's about 20 or $30 million worth of assets there that are considered my resources to do with whatever to see the purposes achieved. I get to influence people that go into the world. I'm going, What? I'm just, I'm just the kid that was looking after a few sheep. And do you know what? Do you know what I influence them with? The values of this church. Grace, truth, fire, love, family. That's all I'm carrying. I'm just, I'm just carrying and doing what we did here. And I'm just bringing those same values through there. And seeing God do incredible and amazing things. God wakes me up at 3 a.m. in the morning and tells us to give the next vehicle away. I'm going, God, next time I get a vehicle, I am 100% financing this. Because then someone else owns it. And you have to go and talk to the finance company about giving it away. But very quickly, I was like, yeah, sure. 3 a.m. and another morning, he wakes me up. And I'm speaking to him. I'm like, God, what, what is this about? Why did you want me to do this? And he said, Chris, I did this because I actually need you to start now believing for aircraft. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I was speaking to our aviation director, and, um, and there's a, a certain aircraft that we probably will need to get. And he said, yeah, Chris, um, I, I probably can get one for about $2 million out of the U.S. So just start exploring some possibilities and see where you can get with it. I'm like, Two million dollars. Yeah, no, that's, I'll sort that out this afternoon. <laughs> I don't. I don't say any of this to brag about us. I say this because I want to encourage you that when you step out, when you get in that uncomfortable place, when something turns sour, and you know that your action's got to come, that God is faithful. All I am saying to you is to listen to God, and when He says, "Give, give." When he says, jump, jump. And can I encourage you that it is the wildest journey that you've ever been on. You know, this, this church building, it, it, you're not going to get a phone call and someone say, hey, we actually got the three million, just going to deposit into your account and you can build the church. Why is that not going to happen? Because God knows that as you wrestle and as you go through the uh, process with him, that you guys are all going to be a part of this, whether it be you giving $5 or whether it be you giving $100,000. God knows that in that process, it's going to enlarge this church so that this church can be filled to a much greater capacity and carry the same heart that it's always had a heart of faithfulness, a heart of believing in God. God needs Thrive Church to influence a region. And you are the people, and this is your time that He has appointed 
and he is anointed. And if you'll go on this journey with him, it is going to break you in to a part of the kingdom that you never thought you'd ever enter into. The, the heart of the message today is that God believes in you as a church. And God is looking for you to partner with him and to build a place that influences this region and says, Jesus Christ loves you. Man, I stood in this place this morning and worshipped, and I'm like, man, I wish, God, can I be here every Sunday? Could I be every, here every Sunday? And I'm looking, and it's great to see so many places, but God's saying, hey, actually, I want three or four times the number of people that are here right now coming together on a Sunday morning and worshipping. Wow, why would we? Why would we limit God impacting lives just because of bricks and mortar? Why would we? When we have something that we can do, that God is going to call us upon, why would we limit it? God has a big plan for you guys and for this church. And in that stretching out, faith is going to be revealed. Listen and respond. Listen and respond. What is the lion starting to roar? Grab the scroll. Eat it. Make it a part of you. Say, yeah, actually, I'm ready to take the next step. And I am ready to partner with Glenn and Deb and this awesome leadership team and see something built that will influence the nation. Let me pray for you. (laughs) Oh, Father, just breathe. Just breathe, just breathe. God, may there be a sense of excitement. May be there a sense of destiny that just starts to flow into everyone. Father, I especially pray for anybody this morning that is just going, oh, oh, uncomfortable. Father, I pray for a revelation, Lord. God, that they would capture and capture a hold of what you're actually saying to them, Lord that it wouldn't be uh, now how the enemy would want to distort things and say, well, this is going to mean this. But no, it would be your still, quiet voice saying, no, actually, this is how I've called you to partner. Father, that no one would give uh, into what is this next season out of compulsion, but they would be like us, Lord. Every time we've come to you, Father, it's been with a sense of excitement, Lord, because we know we're partnering with you, Lord. Father, I pray for that same energy and excitement, Lord. Lord, what you've done in our lives, Lord, I just ask that that people can be a part of that awesome journey as well, Uh, of just holding you by the hand and doing crazy things, but seeing crazy things happen. Yeah, let it be. Amen.